lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Wait for the final downshift, and we're back with another episode of An American's Guide to Formula One. I'm joined here in studio with Matt Patterson, a.k.a. Matteo Patty, and joined via the phone by Papa T-Sauce, a.k.a. Tim Lewis, a.k.a. Spicy Ketchup. Hey, guys. Welcome Hello. to another episode. How are you doing? Wahoo. Wahoo, indeed. Um Thanks for having me back. We're so glad to have you back. Uh, I don't. I think it was just you and me last time, and, and Dad was feeling left out, so we had to have you come yeah, back. Yeah, I missed him. Um, the first the first returning guest we've ever had, so welcome to that. It's a little badge of honor on where I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna do a fun little episode here with the three of us. We're gonna do uh, our reluctant uh race recap of the hungarian grand prix because i think we were all little left a little wind out of our sails even though as preparing for this grand or for this recap episode that it's a it was a great race it was a really quite good race as far as action and as far as hungarian grand prix go uh and there's quite a bit to talk about i just was bummed with the outcome of those said things but Still a good race. Still have a lot to talk about. Uh, and then we'll get fully into the silly season news with all of the driver market shakeup um, and other related F1 news. And then I got a pretty good moment with Martin for you all to listen to. Uh, how's that sound, guys? I'm into it. Pretty groovy. Pretty groovy. I think we have to start right on qualifying and the very exciting last couple flying laps and then the the shocker, George Russell getting on the podium or on the pole position for the first time. Yeah, that's his first ever, right? Yeah. Great job. First ever. With uh and I really I would I think I along with everybody with all my other Carlos Science fans were already celebrating Carlos's pole and the surprise, like that was a stonking good lap. That reminded me of when Seb stole the pole position a couple of years back when he was driving for Ferrari. Yeah. I forget who was ahead of him. I mean, George does have, I think, and we saw this in the race, especially when it was toward the end and him and Lewis were kind of battling, that I think the thing that, that George really needs to to figure out still is is racecraft and like um having some patience and stuff and and stuff in the race but i do think as a as an outright single lap driver he's he's probably one of the best um on the field i think he's had several moments where he can really surprise i mean the spa lap obviously comes to mind in the wet um but definitely seems pretty darn quick and i think he's out qualified lewis this season yeah and, um, and qualifying is kind of special too because you largely are aiming at an open track and how's my mic a little closer a little closer, also, yeah. go ahead what? isn't there also a little tidbit that he's not placed under fifth place all year that yeah. is true except for the ex dnf ex every race he's completed we right. can say that yeah that's still 
You are correct. That stands. Um, and I think it was uh, Botas had a really good qualifying that as well went nowhere. It was the fir- his first time out of Q or first time into Q three in I believe seven races. Um, I'm still left scratching my head as to what's going on at Alfa Romero. I, I feel like there's some big struggles, but. Um, with reliability and whether that's related to the Ferrari engine in that or just something else on the car, but I don't. I, I was I was happy to see them deceiving to have pace uh, in qualifying and getting into some uh, some decent starting positions. But as we said multiple times on this podcast, it doesn't matter where you start; or it only matters where you finish. And uh, for first. Which brings us to the other big shocker surprise from qualifying was Red Bull showing. Uh, first, there was the did Perez's lap count or didn't it count drama, and then he didn't even go out for a final flying lap, and he was relegated to what was that P eleven because of he didn't he didn't make it to Q three. Was that I think that might have been the first time, other than crashing incidences, that a Red Bull hasn't made it to. Q3 in a very long time. That was a shocker. Uh, I think Helmut Marco was quite upset from what I heard. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't sound like the guy you want to be in front of when he's upset either. And then Max had a, a what was it? That an MGU, was it a power unit problem or MGUH problem? Yeah, MGUK unit problem. I think that's the electric, the hybrid electric stuff. So yeah, he was down on power as well, and didn't, and he placed tenth as no good. His only flying time was good enough for P ten. Um, yeah, which I was like, man, okay, this is great. I just signed both Ferraris to my grid rival team. I just signed both Haas's to my grid rival team. <laughs> they both qualified excellently, and I was just like, oh man, I'm gonna cash so many points. Here comes first place, and then wah wah wah. <laughs> Ferrari's st- brilliant strategy strikes again. It's the season of the curious case of the Ferrari team. Like, let's get into it. what it, what what on earth do you think could have could have because it was and it was going great all the way up to lap thirty. Even Leclerc was ha- like uh, Leclerc had passed Russell. Um, Science was right behind him. I mean. And then it's just like, they're like, oh, we're doing really good. Should we probably fuck up now? And they're like, <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah, sounds good. Let's, uh, let's blow a pit stop. Let's have a, let's do a 4.7 pit stop here. And then we'll also change onto the wrong tires. You know how they're not working on every other car? Well, <laughs> we're a Ferrari though. They'll certainly yeah. work for us. To, to hell with the data. We're, we're Ferrari. None of this makes sense. This season, since Monaco with Ferrari, I'm I'm just sitting here scratching my head, going, "What you, is going on?" It 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 seems like it's uh, like, is do they just not want it? Oh, well, boy. I don't know. I, I think I probably understand that pretty well. It um, I I, I heard that uh, Red Bull Racing um had voted Mattia Bonito as the employee of the year. Oh yeah, I can see that. That was a joke. I can see that. was a joke. The the thing that's got me wondering is is with a talent 
like with both the talent that you have in Leclerc and Sainz, and I know Leclerc is on one of the longest, I think the longest Ferrari deal that's ever been done. But if he has, I mean, seasons like this and he's in a fast car and he's a capable winner, like, is I wonder if there's any sort of clause that will get would get him out of that, or if he was too young and green in that that he wouldn't have thought to do that. Hmm. My my take on this is it's it's not the car and it's not the driver. No, they for sure have the fastest car. <laughs> yeah. Most most races, the fastest car. I think the Red Bull is a little more sensitive than the Ferrari, and is more setup dependent. And it, it is fast, but I think consistently the Ferrari is faster. So it it is just strategy. It is just mistakes. And I and I, the thing that concerns me is that they're not yet getting to the place where they can even call it a, a mistake to themselves. And we I think that that's just a necessity to move forward um and to overcome those things. Like you look at Mercedes and their clinical analytical and uh, you know Per, like style of of going about attacking a problem it's just facts it's where did we make the mistakes how do we not make that mistake again and what's the thing we're going to try to do better and you've watched them claw their way back this season um hamilton and leclerc have the same number of podiums this season and i did not think that that would be something that i'd be saying over the summer break toward the start of this toward the start of this pot uh this season and it just shows that I think the really difference in the two teams was Mercedes is we have a problem. We're working on it. It's us. It's our oversight. And we're going to fix it. And it seems like Ferrari is, there's no problem. We are great. Uh, it was some ma- minor errors, but nothing inherently bad. And it's like, okay, but you keep making these bonehead calls. Who's going to, someone's got someone's to gotta pay for that price. And I don't think it should be the way Ferrari has always dealt with things or seemingly have done them with them in the past where, I mean, you know, people usually in the past, everybody would be fired right now. And I think, unfortunately, that's that's actually what got them there is that you don't allow anybody to stay in a a role long enough to actually learn the mistakes. But I feel like they they have been in the role long enough now and they need to actually start learning from the mistakes. Yeah, they they have. I mean, it's funny, the denial of, poor choices or poor strategy or ignoring valid data. But uh, Bonito continues to, well, at the time we made the decision, it was the right decision. You know, that's how, that's how he's explaining it. And so unlike Toto Wolf saying, okay, we we're, we're missing the boat here. We're, we're working on it. We're going to work on it. We're, you know that's the difference in leadership there, and, well, and uh, now they now they're giving a guy a chance who appears clueless as to his role. I think some of that has to come down to like the ethos of a team. I feel like that's something you hear a lot is like the winning or thought or the like leadership mentality, and I think one of the things that I think holds Ferrari back is that they are Ferrari, if that makes sense. Like, it's like, um, 
well, for like we're so great, we don't make mistakes. <laughs> you should just be thankful you're driving a, a car for us. Like, don't even talk back. Don't even question the way we do things or how we do things because we're Ferrari and we invented racing. You know, <laughs> and I I think, but what was the last world championship they won? Two thousand seven, right? That's Schumacher, yeah. Or Kimmy. Uh, Kimmy. Kimmy, Kimmy yeah. was the last Ferrari. Kimmy Raikkonen. Let's repeat that. <laughs> Kimmy Raikkonen was the last world champion that Ferrari had. Oh, man. In 2007. So, mm. you know, you're only the greatest, like, racing team when you're the greatest racing team. And you got to take a step back and look at the hard, cold facts and, um, and, and make some real changes there. They have, an, they have an excellent team. They have all the drivers they could ever hope for, all the talent, and they're just making these silly mistakes. And it's costing them huge. I think the race put out a really cool um, graphic that showed the at the low end of, like, if, if they just would have finished every race, like, conservatively estimating where Leclerc and Sainz would have ended up, that they would be well in the lead still. Yeah, I mean, Leclerc has, how many races has Ferrari as a team blown for him while he was leading the race? I mean, going from first place to just having the race totally blown and not having a chance to and salvage there, it. There is there is, there is also uh, uh, Leclerc's spin and retirement. That like, But the, the difference between Leclerc and Ferrari and where Ferrari could learn something from their young star driver, Leclerc, is he took responsibility. Mm-hmm. He put his hand up and said, I don't deserve a world championship if I make mistakes like that. And Ferrari doesn't even yet, hasn't even yet gotten to the point where they're saying that they're making mistakes. <laughs> and I think that is inherently the problem and the one thing that they really need to get a grip of over this holiday, this, this break, is they need to come back like... Or I mean, they're they're so dangerously close to having Mercedes pass them in the drivers' championship. I think the world cha- the the world title's settled. There's no way I don't think Red Bull's going to lose 431 points with Red Bull to Ferrari's 334. So so they're almost a hundred. That's insane. Almost a hundred point difference in the in the yeah. summer break. Yeah. Like that's that's a gap. And what's the drivers? How yeah. far Max is now? What ninety points ahead? Uh, Max eighty something. Max points? is at two fifty eight, and Charles Charles is at one seventy eight. But so, so that's what eighty points. Jeez, man! Like I don't think I think the only time a deficit's gotten that big was when Louder was out, <laughs> and he for for months. Like I, I I'm pretty sure I saw a statistic that uh, Max could not race for an entire month. And still be in the lead. Well, yeah. What's what's first place? Twenty twenty five points. Yeah, so that's that's basically true. Yeah. So I think as long as Max and he seems to be making a lot more decisions, you saw that in the opening lap um, with him back in tenth place. Like he was driving very conservatively and kind of just like, okay, just get through this. Just just get some points. Like if he just gets some points, the rest of the season, he's, <laughs> he's a, he, he'll he'll win his first world title. Um, <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> he uh, deserves it. I I gotta say, Max Verstappen has been driving like an absolute animal. He's just from unstoppable. Yeah, 
from last year on. Like, yeah, if, I mean, if you want, if anybody wants to say that he doesn't deserve a world title, then I just can't even hear you. Like that. No, no, no. He's he he's without a doubt one of the best drivers on the on the grid, no doubt. Oh, he yeah. probably he's one probably of the, the best. I mean, yeah. Well, you put. I don't. I wouldn't say that. Okay. I don't. But that's maybe me not liking his racing style. That's fair. But he's definitely a good driver, one of the best. I, I yeah, think, I yeah. Think so. I think. I think. I think the fact that he came from tenth to win the race and spin and spin. That's his second and race spin. this season. The and Spanish yeah. Grand Prix, he spun and won. Yeah. <laughs> spin well, and win. Like, he spun on lap in... forty. He spun on lap forty-two, and gave up. The, well, on lap forty-one, he overtook Leclerc. Yeah. Then he spun. He spun on lap forty-one, and then by lap forty-five, he's overtaken Leclerc for P one and wins the race. It's insane. And even the way he spun was better because we saw a very similar incident with Sonoda, and it and it ended in a, a you know a, a a stop and a wait and then a spin around and then a get going. And even I think Brundle or Crofty commented on it that it was a beautiful, a beautiful mistake. Like it was yeah. like he knew when to slam the gas to get it to fit spin fully around. So he wasn't like, I mean, even in his mistakes, he's minimizing the mistake. I mean, he, he must have yeah. done a lot of donuts as a kid. <laughs> so, I mean, nobody's better at spinning than Max. Yeah, like, I I like can't. <laughs> I think I think Vettel Vettel did a really yep. cool one too at Baku. Yep. Didn't he do that that yep. quick spin in the runoff? Oh yeah, where that, this year get him back on. Where yeah. we're so tight on that runoff area, yeah. man, that was impressive. You know, you yeah. don't. Yeah, but it's it's again we're 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 also we're saying he's like Sebastian Vettel, who is a four time world champion. You know, in, in different cars on different teams. Yeah. Um. So definitely a fantastic drive for Red Bull, an amazing outcome for Red Bull because not only did Ferrari throw away the win that probably should have been theirs, um, but they weren't even on the podium, and we had a double Mercedes podium, which is, again, but just putting more distance between Ferrari and Red Bull. And and honestly, I think I think Mercedes will come back from the break in a really, fun, a really fighting shape. Um, if they continue the trajectory that they're on, I I definitely see some some victories for both for both Mercedes drivers, unless Ferrari just comes back. Um, but I think the 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 fight to be watching now will be the the battle between Ferrari and Mercedes for second, and the battle between Alpine and McLaren for fourth. I don't really see a lot lot else to watch. Um, I, I don't even see. A battle there if Ferrari doesn't get it back on the rails. I mean, it's off the rails at the moment. Catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really bad, and it's going to be a lot to come back from, but I, I don't see how they won't be addressing this. It, I, I hope they will. I mean, that's just me. I'm, but And on the flip side, Mercedes looks very smooth, very reliable. I mean, the last two races, France and Hungary, they've had identical podiums. The, I mean... There is a you are really starting to see that 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 the eight time uh, world champion team Mercedes that's not a fluke and it isn't just the fact that they had the most money it it does have to come down to that racing culture that that the the ethos or the the identity that they have in that team and it and it's really shown like if current trajectories right if current trajectories 
stay the same after the break, I see a, a continued decline at Ferrari and an increase at at, at Mercedes. Um, well, and if there's a if there's some a bit of unluckiness with Red Bull, you know, it could tighten up. If we're I, only halfway through. Well, we're more than halfway. I mean, well, basically. but yeah, thirteen out of twenty-two races. So yeah, we're we're a little over halfway. Um. So, I mean, it 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 just isn't necessarily over. It's not over, but it's the math is hard. The math is hard unless there's a significant still, amount still, of DNFs for Red Bull, which I don't see happening. It, it seems like they've figured out any reliability stuff that they had. But there's still there still is crashes, and there is still engine penalty grid placements to happen. There will be races where both Max and Perez, but mainly like the one I'm most interested in, is Max will have to fight through through cars again. I'm I'm hearing Max right now just saying, um, "Put start me in tenth place. That's fine." Yeah, but they're starting in tenth, and then they're starting in nineteenth. Again, again with Max's points, I think he can handle that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that he can handle that. But I I would like. You're right. Their He's car is not. so strong. I mean, you, you just see him blowing by people in corners at, at Hungary too, which is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that let's let's talk about that again too because I feel like we have we've had several really awesome highlighting incidents that these regulation changes are working too. Oh, for the porpoising fixing well, that issue. Well, or what? I mean, just for making better wheel to wheel action, more on track battles happen oh, yeah. this season. Yep, yep. Like Hungary was a, a huge highlight of that. There was the very fact that Max went from ten to first and spun, like and and could make those those on track happen uh, battles happen was awesome. Um, the other really awesome move that I wanted to call out while it just popped into my ADD brain was uh. Ricardo's double pass of both Alpines <laughs> yeah. while they were going at it. And uh, he was so pleased with that on the radio. Yeah. Wouldn't you be? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're fighting for your life there and you get a nice double overtake on uh, Alonzo and Ocon. That was, yeah. And they're your rival, your number one rival in the season too. Is, and you just pass them both at one, one fail swoop. Too bad. He still is so far off Norris's pace. Well, and, and I mean, that's, Purely, I think, because he just cannot drive that car. It's not conducive to but his how, driving style. I get that. and But yeah. how long are we going to give him that excuse? Well, I, I I don't think it's in his capability. I just, I think... He's not Seb- Sebastian Vettel had four very different cars and four different, you know... But there's just there's just no excuse for your teammate being in P4 and you being in P8. Did he... I yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, it's just been a very challenging season for him. And I again, I I just don't think he's in tune with his car. Nine P nine P nine. Yeah, he's not in tune with his equipment, and that is all the battle. And I don't, I and I I just wonder what. Well, we'll we'll get on to that later. What else do we need to talk about in the race? Who else did really well? Well, how about Lewis <laughs> um, going from seventh to P two to finish race P two? Yep. And, and he, in style, passing his own teammate. Yeah, it was really that move really fun. On Russell was just like, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, block the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was just uh, like a master moment. Just textbook over <laughs> under, and yeah. it's like George is quick. There's no doubt that George is quick, but I feel like Hamilton sees several turns ahead. Like he play, he races like chess, like he's playing chess. Yeah, yeah that was a beautiful. That's moment. a good point. 
Um, yeah, but it was it was it was a beautiful thing. And I think there's a lot of respect coming out of George too. I mean, he wants to race, he wants to win, he knows he's capable of beating Lewis, but he's also well, you know, yeah. Another thing about the race too was what do you what do you think of that incredible restart on lap three from Russell, where it's like, did nobody else see the green light type <laughs> I, of thing? It did feel that way. He he's got you that know, move so, in his pocket. I feel like he's done that a few times. So, the, the the pass on Perez at Silverstone as well on the yeah. restart. Yeah, it's they got some has, good has, good heads there. Now if they get some good if the equipment just keeps evolving forward. Um, I don't know. I just really uh, at the beginning of the season I was hoping that Lewis would just come on strong and get his eighth world title and all that and then the car didn't come through but she is here we are we got quite a few races left and with a little bit of luck you who knows what will happen here i want him to get his win he needs that win he has the only driver the only right. driver to have a win in every season he's been every on. every season he's raced yeah and we're we're now past his longest gap without a win that he's gone too so i'm i'm looking and it's looking fast it's looking it's looking like it's in the right trajectory before we move off the whole george thing does anybody else pick up from toto's reactions that he doesn't like george very much no i don't get that i get it and in what way just because of how excited he was when lewis passed him yeah there's that (laughs) and then but i think it really started um what 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 was the race that uh he had the incident with, I think I want to say it was Perez. Yeah, it was Perez where he's like, I was alongside of him. And like he, he kept arguing and Toto had to get on the radio like twice. Like, dude, shut up. Stop whining about that move. You are faster on track. Just pass him on track. And I think there's something about George that seems a little bit like George is always looking for the loophole or the rule, like the technical, the technicality of how he's okay and he's right and he's in the right, and he's not looking for the overtake or the pass or the or the the, the ability move. It always seems like it's in, in recent races. I shouldn't say always. In the recent races, he's like, and ever since that in that interchange, I just I get like every time it shows show something that Russell does and it cuts to Toto, he's just like he's just like sitting there with his arms crossed and like nothing. And then Lewis passes him or something, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> like like the, the actual, you see, like, real Toto there. I don't know. Maybe that's just my my take, but I I don't I don't know. To that, I've, I've kind of noticed, um, but specifically with those two drivers, but also with the veteran drivers, the older drivers and the younger drivers, um, the, the new kids on the block compared to the, the veterans, you hear a lot more complaining and making excuses for their driving at a younger like the younger guys just make a lot of excuses and complain about everything. And the older guys are just like, this is part of the game. Like I, I'm just going to take this move on. And that's, uh, just, that's I, just part of how it goes. I think maybe some of that is age because there's a lot of instances in the, in Lewis's past where he wasn't that. And even, I mean, Lewis, you just add a little bit of pressure to Lewis or a little bit of stakes. And you'll hear that again on the radio. He's, he's very common to be like, why are you guys doing this? Okay. Thanks for doing that. You know, like, 
he sometimes doesn't hear, doesn't see it. The the other, the, I, I don't see that in either Science or Leclerc, though. I feel like both Science and Leclerc are very, I mean, Science is ca- like making a lot of calls for the team. And like calling, like then they say, it wasn't it in, in Hungary where they're like, we have a stop-go penalty. And he's like, you mean a, a, a five-second penalty oh, or he, a stop-go penalty? Yeah, he's all over that. I th- I I'm think blown away by him. I think science is a world champion in the making. Yeah. I really like I would I I mean I want to see that. I think he's up there. Yeah. And he, just the amount of information that he's crunching every lap and then putting out and returning to the team is just mind-blowing. And then you have guys on the team that are on the sideline or at home base just specifically focused on one thing and science is like I got it. Yeah. I I think science is the overall better driver than Leclerc. Really? As a as a full-on package, if I was a principal, who would I choose? If, like, the fact that they have them both and, and they're doing this poorly is just, again, goes back to the, the blunders of Ferrari. But Leclerc is one of those out-and-outright just brilliant talents. Like, I don't... I think you over a single lap, Leclerc will probably beat Sainz. Yeah. So Sainz is more three-dimensional. Sainz is the guy who I'd want on my team though i want them like, both you know yeah <laughs> no they're, and great, they're yeah. great they're a great pair of drivers honestly i think they're a great pair kind of uh, hard to choose a number one for me i mean the numbers speak for themselves well and how many dns did uh have has signs had i oh, mean a lot he had a very very so, lucky start to the season and that seems so, to be the, his trajectory that was that way last season as well and if he ever just gets a a solid season where he can actually take part in every race, I think you would see a very different points outcome. Yeah, that's my point. I mean, it's, uh, he, he may go ahead. Go ahead, man. Well, he, you know, he may, if he finishes half the races, he didn't finish. He could be very, very close to Leclerc, if not ahead of him. Yeah, so he's 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 only twenty two points behind Leclerc as it is. Yeah. And he's only ten points ahead of Lewis. Only ten points ahead of Lewis. Jeez. And how <laughs> many podiums does Science have? Not even close. Right. It's it's night and day. I could look that up, but it's like, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Um I'm trying to think if we have really anything else to talk about from the race. No. So we should just get straight into the, all the all the hot cast now all the news so we did get the announcement that sebastian vettel is retiring from formula one did either of you guys watch his video that he put out which yeah it was like his like main announcement it was like black and white that he 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 like the first time sebastian vettel has had social media was to put out this retirement video (laughs) interesting um and has a new website i think he's gonna do something but with that, I mean, he he alluded to that, but I thought it was really good. I really liked, I really liked the little production and, um, like hearing. It was a little silly, a little hokey, where he was like, "Let me introduce you to myself," you know. But like, <laughs> my favorite color is blue. I'm like, <laughs> that, that seems very sad, though. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> and um, it was really cool to see, you know, how how much of an impact he's made on the sport, um. Sometimes you don't know where you're where you land with people until you've retired. But I think I think my dad will attest to this. We were once very 
outspokenly non-Vettel supporters in our in our family. Um, but and and then uh, but I've really come around to it, and I think Brundelock actually commented on it too. He said he's never understood that because he's known Seb for you know years and years and years now, and he said he's he's always been this guy. It's just that he's only I feel like really like people are actually seeing him fully now <laughs> which is which makes me feel really happy because i have turned around a, a, a full 180 on sebastian and i think he was he's tremendous was he's it been, was it the vespa was it the vespa lap that gotcha <laughs> no no i think it's just his ability to be himself i don't see him like he doesn't he's not a chameleon right he doesn't change when he needs to change he seems to always be him in all of his situations. And sometimes that's off-putting to people. And I think it was off-putting to me. And I just, I've never been a Red Bull fan. And so when any Red Bull is winning, I just am not the best. It's not my favorite. But he wasn't, he was fantastic. And he did win four world titles in a row. So. With different teams. No, all with Red Bull. Uh, were they all, all? All of his, yeah. All of his world championships oh, were with wow. Red Bull yeah. in a row. Yeah, I, I like somebody in an interview, they, they asked him, kind of feeling this moment coming up, how do you want to be remembered in Formula One? And without blinking an eye, he's just like, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. He's like, you know, whatever. That's some. There's some wisdom behind that, I think, too. Yeah, it just shows that he's not driven by his ego. What about you, Pops? Well, I mean, yeah, we, I, I, I agree with you. Early in his career, we had a hard time with some of his level of maturity, but just like all all of us as time goes on we we do gain wisdom and better perspective and um, you know he's got more important things in his life now than racing yeah and uh, I personally think that um, Schumacher's skiing accident probably weighed heavily on him because um, I mean I, I think he's a very good student and historian of the of racing and, you know, he just kind of puts it into place like that. And he, he, understanding the greatness of Schumacher, he was his idol yeah. growing up. And, um, you know, things don't necessarily always turn out the way you perceive them that they will. And what has he got? Two or three children now. Three, I believe, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, that perspective changing. And he's got some different perspectives on, you know, how the world around him how he can be a part of making the world around him better. And uh, so we're just seeing a, a real, very cool, classy evolution of a human being um, who just so happens to be one fantastic race driver who recognizes it's beyond where he's at emotionally and um, perhaps physically, but uh, more importantly, he he doesn't want to let the important things pass him by in the long run. Yeah, I think he said in that video, he's like, it just it's too much. Like the the commitment that it takes to do this, I'm not there anymore. Like I don't have that. I want well, to be with my kids. I want to see my kids grow up. I have, right, and it's I, been replaced by a greater commitment, yeah, a more important commitment. I think he said it, and I really like the line, my greatest race is yet to be run. 
And I think yeah. that's uh, I think that's a that cool that's a cool line to to retire on. Yeah, I feel that too. I, I feel like that's well, true. and it, you know he's so involved with with climate change activism and stuff, and I just it's exciting to see him. Yeah, like grow up and 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 see you know that this isn't like, but I mean I also can't imagine how hard that is too because these guys to be that elite level, it's all they've known. Like racing in Formula One and to get into Formula One, it's all they've ever known. Is you know you start when you're a kid, and you work to it, and then now you're finally getting to the place, and it's it's nice to see that he can let it go. Well, as as you spend time in the sport too, at that level, you meet a lot of interesting people and make a lot of connections. Oh, and, for sure. You know, so there's a lot of networking that goes on. Door, a lot of off doors season, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think uh, congratulations to Seb is is definitely in order and well done, and uh, can't wait to see what he does in the future. And left an open seat at Aston Martin, huh. and I think huh. Aston Martin did one next to signing Vettel did one of the first real big boy moves for a team, and and then definitely is shutting up a lot of doubters about if they're actually pulling out, if Lawrence is going to sell or not. But to to steal Alonzo, Fernando Alonzo away from Alpine like that, I think that was some, that was a, that was a, that was a, that was a real grown up F1 team move. How did they pull that off? Was it just cash? I think it's, it was cash and it was, they, they knew the language that Fernando Alonzo reacts well to. And that's giving, Alonzo what he wants basically well so he didn't want the one plus one he wanted more security long term but I think it also is beyond that I think it's he believes he is deserving of that oh the very notion that I think that's correct yeah I mean I think honestly if you gave Fernando Alonso a Red Bull or a Ferrari he could win a world title this season if you started him at the beginning of the season on Red Bull he could be a world champion or he could be number two but could Max. I think you could say that with almost any? No, I think Seb could do it. I think Alonso could do it. Okay. Um, I think George or Lewis could obviously do it. Okay. And I think Norris could and do I think it. Lando. Yep. And that's kind of where Science I, could do it. Well, Leclerc. They're could already do there. It. They're already, you know. Yeah. They're already in those seats, and I think, you know. But I'm saying the people that are well, not. What's that? Yeah, I think that uh, I just got the sense that. Uh, that Aston Martin has got something up their sleeve. Uh, Alonzo's hip to it, and he's going all in. And I think that was kind of the idea when we we always questioned Ricardo's move from Red Bull to McLaren and or Renault even. And you know these guys think that there's something there. I don't think that necessarily it's always monetarily um, driven. Because they're all going to make this massive salary for the most part, but maybe there's just something that Aston Martin's got put together. And I, wouldn't it be neat if they really start coming on strong and give Vettel a chance to finish up his career with a win or something like that? Just because they've committed so deeply to to the point where they went and got Alonso yeah. and and stole him. I'm I'm with and, you. On that. So it, it um, would, stay tuned, folks, because it yeah. could be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I 
went through that same process of thinking too. I was like, it's, it can't just be the cash. He's not just going to Aston Martin. There's got to be some Wizard of Oz behind the curtain stuff going on where they're like, hey, 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 come here, come here, look, look over here. Like, look well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. That there is. They definitely have. Lawrence has the budget and is committed. It seems. They definitely have more development that's happening. They have a, a more robust coming package coming than than at Alpine and Instone. But but the the two things here is will it happen in time for Alonso? And you can't deny, you have to just look at it on this sec like on this, the fact that he is leaving the current fourth best team in F one. To then go drive for the ninth best team in F one. That didn't make sense. So he must he must see something. So coming. there is for sure. I, they haven't none of the details, but ev- everything that I've seen is it was a significant amount well, what, of money more than. What's your general gut sense? What's your general gut sense about what's been happening at Aston Martin over the last, um, you know, say five races? What's their trajectory? Just. It's it's, it's improving, no doubt about it. However, they're still they're still tenth, eleventh place at best right now. Like they're they're there's they're there's nowhere near they're nowhere near the top five, nowhere near it. I think Haas, Alfa Romero, AlphaTauri, like they are on pace, the ninth fastest team. The only team that's doing worse than them is Williams. The only team that looks as off the pace as them is Williams. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what the data tells you. But in the last five races, I think their trajectory has been pretty, pretty improved, quite improved. Yeah. I mean, they and, have been- they got a bunch of engineers from Red Bull, did they not? Tons. Like yeah, they have so. been yeah. hired. They're they're definitely setting up for the future, and yeah. I don't doubt at some point if they can stop trying to buy their way into position gains and actually develop their way into position gains. Like they need. My only my only fear is that they're killing the Force India uh, racing point like punching above our weight kind of like work ethic and strive to like we're going to figure it out. We're going to find something. We're going to do our best. We're going to we're going to be there. And and it seems like it really started to go downhill when they turned into the pink Mercedes, right? And they just bought everything from Mercedes. The problem with that is the first sign of adversity and I know I've said this before on the pod, but the first sign of adversity when you have to engineer out a problem that exists then when they went when they changed the floor for the high rate cars, they didn't understand it because they didn't develop it. And so you can't engineer yourself out of a problem that you don't fully understand because you didn't develop that technology. And if they can get these, these people in place, which they're doing and get their drivers in place, which they're doing minus Lauren or minus um, Lance, (laughs) like, they do have a shot. I just, I mean, I know Fernando is performing exceedingly well, especially for somebody, at, uh, a driver at his age. But there is a time where he will just not be able to do it. Like, let's let's all be real. There's, there's a point where when you're 43 and you're racing an 18-year-old, 
Like there's just going to be an inherent advantage that youth has. And that's, that is just the case. And it, Fernando seems to be immune to that, <laughs> well. you know, or someone immune to that. But, and I just, maybe he's doing a, a Schumacher where, okay, well, I'm at least going to get the respect that I feel like I'm owed at this team. There seems to be more happening for this team. This might seem like a down move, but I'm going to make more money. I'm going to get more respect. They're going to listen to me. And I might have the potential to be this marker, this catalyst to change that does set them up for the future and 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 be a part of the building of a team that does go on to challenge for race wins and, you know, hopefully a world title. I know that's what Lawrence wants. Or it could be just another ploy to get more a bid to, for somebody to buy him out. But I don't think that, it doesn't seem that way to me. If, if he wanted someone to buy him out, he would have a different driver in his son's driving seat there. Like he would have a different driver. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. No. So that it just seems like it's just kind of fun for him. But that was the other what? thing that they could have done. They could have easily, with Seb retiring, they could have pulled, they could have gotten a Mick Schumacher or somebody to come in and made, made, uh, uh, what is his first name? Lance. Uh, I um made Lance the 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 number one driver of the team leader, but it's it does show actual thinking and non nepotism thinking to say what? to realize that as as decent as of a of a F one driver that Lance is, and he is a decent F one driver, but he is a midfield driver at best. Like that's just I'm sorry, that's just a fact. He seems like the kid in the field that everybody picks on. Like Ricardo just kind of bumped him like for fun. It looked like yeah. it's like, hey, and he just can't get over himself and out of his own way a lot of the time. And he lets little things just destroy him. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. I mean, a legitimate, a, a legitimate question is um, Alonzo known as a racing driver that sort of is like having an engineer in the cockpit. He's, I think, I think he's really smart. He's definitely, and we've seen this multiple times displayed where he, if there's a way or a, a rule loop or, you know, he, yeah. he is very smart at thinking. And there's no one, literally no one more experienced in an F1 car than him. Like he holds the record yeah. for most laps in an F1 car. So there is, without a doubt, a, a huge deep well of knowledge that I think Alonzo will bring to that team. It is very exciting to see what happens, but it it does seem like a little bit of him shooting himself in his own leg just to spite Alpine, you know? But you just you just said it. He's a smart guy. So he's he wouldn't make this move if he didn't think it was putting him in a position to win putting him in a position to be, boy, when Alonzo came on and with all his experience, that was the turning point for Aston Martin. Uh, is it, you know, something where he doesn't want to get out of racing, but he knows his racing driving career is over, but then to become, you know, like the next Adrian Newey as far as aerodynamics or, you know, that kind of a thing. Or maybe what if he wants to, Maybe he'll start his own team. 
Well, I also think that there was... You know, some, like Eddie Jordan. Yeah, there was also some sort of the deal with Alpine that it wasn't just the one plus one, but is that they were going to push him into a junior cat, like one of their sports car races. They wanted to, to have a deal with him to go into sports car, and he, I think, has no yeah. interest in doing that. He wants to be an F1, and he really wants to be challenging for wins. But when you say that, and then you're saying, okay, well, you're going from a team that is way closer to the front to a team that's way closer to the back. Like, it, it, I want to believe, I really do, like, I would like Aston Martin to be doing well, but I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's the money, I think it's the respect, and I think it's a chance to build something. And, yeah. I'm with Tim. Uh, I'm excited about it. He, yeah. I mean, he knows something. He knows yep. something. I'm with Tim. On. I'm with Tim on that. They're, of course, they're, they're going but, places. But he's been, but Lawrence has been saying that and and spending money like that for years. Uh, sometimes you know these are battleships. These teams take a long time to turn. I agree, and I'm 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 I want to believe, but I'm I'm reluctant. I'm reluctant. Yeah, I, I haven't seen enough evidence. Moves like this, decisions like this, are. Are, are changing that opinion and we'll see when they get their wind tunnel and their facility running. I do think like it, it will, it has the potential. I don't doubt it. I just don't know if it'll happen in time for Alonzo. That's my only thing. Is I, it, I hope they keep him around a long time. I think he has a lot of racing left in him and I don't like this ageism thing going, you know, we need a lot of young drivers. Like, yeah, there are a lot of great young drivers coming up that well, we can see, or at least one or two, but I, I really, but like, that's the other thing is there isn't. Like a lot of people are talking about the current F2 crop, that it oh. isn't. So so here we are. Like I would much rather keep him than I, – I would take Fernando Alonso over, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 people in the field. He's a top driver. He's a top driver. Oh, yeah. I, he's, I've always liked him, and I really he should have another world title next to his name, and Vettel should have one less if you ask me. Uh you know that his last his last year at Ferrari was really plagued by bad luck, a lot, a lot of bad luck, um, and it wasn't reliability bad luck. It was just like getting into weird and crazy incidences um, that he really, I mean, really should have won that season. Um, okay, and that's racing. <laughs> I mean, that is uh, there. You and, go, and he's, and he's still here. And shit, man. To his credit, I hope I'm in the best shape of my life when I'm 41 too. Um, yeah. And if if you can do what you love and and are still competitive, and he is still competitive, there's no doubt about that. I want it to happen. I'm just it's it does seem a little. I'm I'm I don't I don't know about it. I don't he, know about if it. If he was at McLaren this year, we'd see like a totally different driver. You know, if you could if you gave him better equipment, he'd be he'd be doing well. I, but he's got the he's got the fourth fastest car. He's got great equipment. Right, and where is he tenth? So so he's tenth. Um. And okay. So and then Alonso. Then this was the other thing we have to say about this deal is it was very much in secret. It was, uh, and he did not. The way Alpine found out about it was from the Aston Martin press release, <laughs> and they were very much under the, the under the understanding that a 10 minute conversation would have finalized the deal. And it was, it was, a, it all happened on that, the Sunday. So that left, um, Alpine very much without a driver in the lurch. And they're like, Oh, well, this is convenient. We have this absolute star F2 world champion, um, 
just ready. So okay, F3 like, world F3 world champion too, wasn't he? Well, it was also one other racing series too. He and in in rookie years both times. So the just to just to put a, a, a little bit of frame of reference, I think I've said this before on the podcast too, but the only the, there's two other drivers who have won F2 F3 and F2 championships in their rookie season back to back. One is Charles Leclerc, the other is George Russell. So just just a but a lot of people say that Oscar is a better, like he's better at tire management than George. He's better at uh, racecraft than Charles. Like, and and yet still as as raw talently quick. Is he going to be the second coming of Jim Clark? <laughs> I don't know. That would be. Um, <laughs> and I think he's been dicked around at Alpine for too long. But anyways, Alpine announces. Puts out a press release. We'd like to. Sh- we're we're introducing you into our new F F one driver, Oscar Piastri. And I was like, Oh, great! That's that's what should happen. Then the record skips. And then, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Oscar Piastri sends out a tweet and says, uh, "I don't have a contract. I didn't sign a contract." And even more potent and bold says, "I will not be driving for Alpine next year." And then radio silence from everybody. Yeah, this is going to be fun. And so, really, to boil it down, all the all the reads, all the things that I've looked into and seen is that Alpine believes and had a meeting with their team of lawyers that they're on solid ground enough to say that they have him and that he's under deal because he is an employee of Alpine. He does have a current contract. And they believe that their case is strong enough that in his current contract, he has to drive for them next year. But there's the, the gray area is that there was a clause in the contract that they had to have a Formula One seat for him by a certain by date. By August 1st. Well, that's what everybody's been saying. I've also heard the 31st of July. I've heard that's where the debate comes from is did they fulfill their bit of their of his current contract? That he can't, that he he will drive for them next year, or did they fail to do that? And in their failure, lost Fernando Alonso, and are going to lose Oscar Piastri, yeah, and they, be left hold nothing. It sounds like they played their cards pretty close to their chest, so so much so that they kind of left everybody on the team in the dark, and the team was like, "See ya." It sounds to me like they completely overestimated their their holdings, their position. They clearly did that with Fernando. They're like, well, no way he would do anything like that. Like, I really think that they just were like, there's no way. And then I think they just dicked around Oscar for way too long now. Yeah. And I don't blame Oscar for wanting to go somewhere else. If I was that kind of driver, I would be gone too. Yeah, he, he doesn't deserve to be hung out in the wind and kind of like made to wait on something. And he's way better than driving for Williams. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, George did it. I, I guess maybe he's not. George did put in his time at Williams. Like, there is a significant jump from F2 to F3, and not everybody can cut it. Look at look at Albon. Look at Gasly. You know, like, there is a risk of putting a younger driver into a big top team and them not being able to handle it. 
Um, is is there news on Gasly, or are we just kind of guessing at this point? What I happened think he's I think he's going to stay at at AlphaTauri. Yeah, maybe I I doubt he'll get to go to Renault. Like I, that could be a a potential, but I think he's under contract still. Yeah. I'm not certain. How about Yuki? He had a one year, right? Yeah, I just don't think he's done just, enough. Just not pulling pulling the weight. But again, like you said, who's coming up? So that that who that does bring me to the question that we have at hand is it well what also the other question that has been asked is do you really want to force somebody to drive for you like no, do you think that's that a good team dynamic to have is you will and you must yeah that's bad recipe what, for dis- destruction there what do you, you're awfully quiet on the subject pops what do you got to say oh uh well that last point definitely i mean there seems like there's just been a lot of a lot of strife that's left behind on this. Uh, you get the sense when you read Piastri's comments that, hey, they cared so much about me, they didn't even consult me about it. They just said it. And uh, just before we got started, I was listening to a, a, a pod or, a, or watching a video about Piastri. I think it was reverse F1. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they they conf- sounded like they were confirming that um, there was they, the contracts were brought before the F1 legal board or something like that, and they made the statement that Castor has valid contracts with McLaren and Alpine, and there's a little thing about Williams having some kind of ties in there too. So. Uh, talk about, I mean, who screwed up here? Um, I mean, how do you get it that so upside down? Well, I mean, that, how can how can someone have two, maybe three valid contracts? You, and, know who, you know who could probably sort this out pretty quick or give us some better insight? It's Jim Jimmy Reed. Ry- Jimmy Reed. Jimmy yeah. Reed, yeah. Jimmy he, Reed. Could, he could knock this out in no time. We'll have to have Jimmy back for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is there's all the rumors that that Ricardo's out, but Ricardo still has a valid contract through 2023, and has and has officially been on the record saying, "I'm not going anywhere. I'm committed to this." And so, which is a smart move because that is the wording of his F1 contract. From to my understanding, is that the the exit the door was on Ricardo's. Side, it's Ricardo's door to open, not McLaren's. And if McLaren does want that door to open or wants to push him through that door, it's going to pay. It's going to yeah, cost. They, they, they got to pay a lot of money but to they, get him out of there. They do, unfortunately, have to to get rid of Ricardo. Like that is, yeah, they're, he, yeah, they're paying him way too much money to be getting what they're getting out of it. And if I was Norris, I would be upset by it. If I'm if if you're if he's getting star driver pay and driving and being three tenths off of my pace all the time, that's that's that would be upsetting to me. I'd be definitely asking for more money. Um, and McLaren, I just don't think has it in the budget. Not when they're in a a, a position points battle with with Alpine. So, but that also brings up the fact that if. Oscar does go to McLaren, which is the current rumor, then where's and Ricardo does still want to stay in and there is an open seat at Alpine. 
will Ricardo go back to Alpine where he left to go to McLaren too? Would he want to do that? Because, I mean, if I was still in it and I still wanted to race, I would happily go back there. So I'm I'm looking this up right now just because I'm curious on the side. Side note, uh, Lando looks like he's getting paid more. Now? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Good. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. For sure. Would you go back, Dad? Would you go back to the team you left? Well, you know, I think so far it seems like uh, Danny Rick has really been wearing the white hat and all this. He's the one who wants to honor his contract. Uh, I don't think there was bad blood left behind at Alpine. So I think he's got a bridge there. Uh, well, and, it's a different team, too, now. Sear Lee yeah. has gone. And it's like, a team the team that, he left that he did kind of burn a bridge with, they're all gone. And now listen, now listen to this. Who... Who are who's vying for the best of the rest right now? Well, it's, it's McLaren and Alpine. Yeah. So if he goes to uh, Alpine and and Alpine continues to rise, and they give him a car that he uh, doesn't have to adapt, which he hasn't been able to at McLaren, and then all of a sudden Alpine becomes the best of the rest, maybe more. Um, and thumbs his nose at McLaren that way, and without really saying anything, he's, you know, said, "Well, looks like it messed up," kind of a thing. So I think if if he is out and he has that, if he gets offered the seat at Alpine, and he doesn't take it, I think that's it for him. Honestly, I the only other team that I could see him going to is Haas. Yeah, and that would be that Schumacher gets the the Alpine drive. But there is other drivers rumored. There's, um, I mean, Nico Hulkenberg is still in the wings. You have yeah, um, that's right. Uh, who else? Um, Kubica, Dan- uh, Kubica, Daniel Kivit, Kivit, yeah, is, has Danny, also been yeah. rumored to be one of the people. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's no shortage of resumes being sent to the Alpine headquarters, but. Well, I think who knows that you know with uh, with Kvyat uh, being you know the Russian game going on. Mm, that's true. That's that, true. That uh, and the, how that played out at Haas with. Uh, yeah, but 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 Kvyat has also been. I mean, I think they they sum that up that if you just don't race for the Russian flag, if you just take the Russian flag off your car, that they would allow him to race. Yeah. Do they, yeah. in a weird, perfect world, do they send up the bat signal to get Kimi Raikkonen? Oh, gosh. No, Raikkonen's, Raikkonen's done. He's no, I mean, guy. he went to race NASCARs this year. Did he? Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think actually starting in August, I think, in the NASCAR series. I think we could double-check that. But, I mean, can you imagine the second coming of Kim, or the third coming of Kimi Raikkonen? I, I, I think Hulkenberg would be in there way before Kimi. Oh, I would love I yeah. think I, I honestly think Ricardo is the best choice, and it would be silly not to take him back. Ricardo, like he looked great when he was in that car, and then that would also give us vital information. If is 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 it just these cars too that Danny can't get his hand on one too? I think that's it. I mean, there there are plenty of drivers that can adjust their driving style, but I think I think Daniel Ricardo is a little more one dimensional in and how he likes to drive and how he can succeed 
in a car. So I think he really needs uh, the equipment that that agrees with his style, not the other way around. Whereas some drivers are just like, give me anything. I'll drive a truck, like whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think science is one of those drivers who's, oh, who, yeah. who did prove that he can drive anything yep. pretty quickly or, or at least within with, he can get there soon or then later. Yeah. Um, Cause let's not, he did great at McLaren and then he, you know, he did, and he did great at Alpine or at, um, what's the team? I'm trying. What did he drive? Red Bull? For, for Cindy. You're talking about? Well, it was oh, um, AlphaTauri now, whatever. <laughs> I I hope. Oh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I don't want Ricardo to leave. I still no, like him. No. I think he still has, he still has some tokens in my, in, in the bank for me. I don't want to see him go. I think he's, yeah. I think he's really valuable to the sport of F1. Again, just I like, want to see. I want to see more shoeies. And uh, I don't know if he. I, I mean, the last podcast that I heard him on, he's still hungry too. He still is driven. So I don't think he. I don't think. I think out. But it, I think the best thing, best case scenario that he can hope for is to drive at. I mean, stay at either McLaren. Or, but he's if he's if he's forced if he does get to stay, it's that's it though. It's this year, and then that's it. And I think by then. There's not where, where will there be an opening anywhere else? That that's to be determined. That'll be interesting. If there see. is, it's going to be a step backwards. It's definitely not going to be lateral. Which yeah, I no, think no one wants to go to Williams. No, and I mean, which sucks because oh, Williams should be better. They really should be better than what they are. They have a long history of being successful, and they've really fallen off. So yeah, sad. Other other news. Uh, kind of big deal big big deal to to people out here in Colorado but also if you're a, a NFL fan uh Lewis Hamilton became a partner or an owner part owner of the Denver Broncos too that was some putting down some roots here in the in the Rocky Mountain state yeah great place to live great i mean he does have his house in Aspen the last time i checked as well so yeah, but boy, I sure hope to see him around Denver. Come into my shop. <laughs> uh, I would lose yeah, my mind. Check it out. Check it out. I know. Uh, you... Check it out. It doesn't seem like it's too far out of the realm of possibility to see him around town. He seems like a very humble, down to earth guy that I think would sit down and talk to anybody, which I admire. I would. I would pee my pants probably, but he just seems like such an amazing, <laughs> an amazing person. I would really. I would. I would I would love to meet him. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I would yeah. almost be enough to get me to go to a Denver Broncos game. Wait, what? <laughs> you wouldn't go ordinarily? No, oh. never. Well, can if he yeah. was there? Yes. Yeah. So congrats on that. Lewis. Yeah, that's a Sarah big Lewis. Deal. Yeah, Johnson. that's very, you know, very cool. We have a knight, um, knight in shining armor now. Now, uh, well, I think we should probably also touch on this drive out the hate campaign. You guys hear about this? We have that there was there was uh, fans like burning like red uh, Mercedes stuff at the races oh, at and, Red Bull Ring and and um, yeah. so they put out that video you know that these kind of com this kind of behavior it has no place in F one and we're not going to allow it and I was listening to the races podcast and they had uh, I forget her name unfortunately but she was talking about how that with all these new fans coming that she started to have things happen to her where she's been like cat called and just, there's just some like new fans that, and like that are really kind of having some out of line behavior. And do you think this video is enough or is it like, do they need, what do they need to do to like get that to stop? 
Oh, I think that's a, a bigger issue than just Formula One can tackle. I think that's kind of, you know, a social issue for the world to figure out. Yeah. I think people just need to be better. They need to be more self-aware and, you know, do the work and figure out where their pain is coming from. I mean, yeah. just people that are pained from something in their life and they're yeah. taking it out in the wrong. And it, you know, I want, I want a good rivalry. I want to, you know, be able to say I don't like Christian Horner and Red Bull and stuff, but I'm definitely not going to be like burning Red Bull merch and like, you know, saying hateful things. Yeah, there's, there's, hate there's no room for that. I mean, it's just, yeah. it, you could spend your energy, you only have a certain amount of bandwidth in your life in every day and every week. And like, why would you spend that negatively? Like, what are you gaining from that? Does that make you feel good? Right on. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think it's, they got to do more than just make a video. They have to start you know, tossing people from the crowd. And I heard that they're also going to well, start, start serving alcohol or they need, they're going to change their policies around alcohol at venues and stuff too, because that's you know what I think what? about all that. I think a moment with Martin would probably oh, fix all man. of it. We haven't even gotten to it. Thanks for that. I mean, line. what are you trying to do here, man? I love that. Come button. on, man. For all you, for all you patient souls and listeners that have waited and we have our moment with Martin, and it is in reference to those hard tires at Hungary. So here's your moment with Martin. Now, they look like they got all the grip of oiled oak to me, and they're, they're just not firing up. On all the grip of oiled oak. All the grip of oiled oak. I could definitely safely say that one of my favorite things about Martin is just the the combination of words and ways to describe things that I would never think of. Can you imagine sitting down to have a conversation about Formula One with him, having dinner with oh, Martin man. Brundle? Dream. It'd be a dream. Yeah. Come on out to Denver. I bet. I well, bet Jimmy Reed has. <laughs> you know, if he if he had said that, it would be true. If if he said he had, it would be true, and I wouldn't put it past him. But I I don't think it's happened yet. Well, oh, I can God. tell you that I have thoroughly enjoyed sitting down and having a conversation about Formula One with the both of you guys. Yeah, thanks again. Yeah. I look forward to many, many more Maddie. of them. Thanks, thanks again. Maddie's awesome. And uh, thanks to everybody who's just sat there and listened to this, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for listening. If you would, do be so kind as to keep subscribed, maybe write us a review, let us know, follow us on Instagram, leave us a comment. Uh, we'll always bring up any comments or questions that you guys leave us. Um, get in, uh, get into the grid rival league too. You still can join. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, ta we'll talk about that next time, I guess. I guess so. Cause I'm still <laughs> yeah. in fourth. Oh Jeez. boy. Yep. Hey, summer break, everyone. summer break. I'm coming back, back strong. All right. Y'all okay. have a great one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.